Welcome friends, my name is Emily Kurt and you're listening to the Abundantly Podcast. Have you ever wondered in the pit of grief, under a pile of laundry, or even in the midst of joy whether there is more to life? We know that the same Christ that calls us to deny ourselves and follow Him is the same Jesus that came that we might have life and have it abundantly. Let's take him at his word and know that these are not contradictions, but an invitation to experience his fullness. Join me as we dig into the word of God together and gather real messages of truth and hope to champion you in your everyday life. Welcome to the Abundantly Podcast. Today, I have my friend Megan. She is a photographer, uh, claimed wannabe interior designer, and all things neutral and natural are her favorite. And she is called Maymay to lots of littles in her life. Megan, tell us more about you, what you're up to, and what everyday life and ministry is looking like for you lately. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me here today. I love this. I'm so excited. I am a natural hype girl, the biggest extrovert you'll probably ever meet. I'm not the quietest one in the room ever, to say the least. It takes a lot for me to stop and be speechless. I'm a little bit dramatic. I'm working on that. (laughs) You know, we're all learning somewhere and responding and (laughs) you know, not (laughs) reacting. Um, I'm in my mid twenties. I'm single. And as you said earlier, I am a mate to so many lovely littles. My sister has a little baby boy who I am smitten by and my besties have some of the cutest kiddos that I know and get to love on. And ministry right now is just, I feel like there's so many aspects of my life. As you said, I'm a photographer. So I get the privilege of walking in so many people's lives on a day-to-day basis, on a monthly basis, like yearly basis, um, just depending on the client. And so Mm -hmm. from walking into the coffee shop and knowing my baristas names and Mm -hmm. they, you know, they've got that order memorized (laughs) (laughs) to being really intentional with my time during phone calls and drives and being present with where I am and with who I'm with. I, I'm learning a lot about how Jesus is with us. And when he is with people, he's not distracted by what's coming and what just happened, but he's genuinely present. Um, and so I, I'm seeing a lot of value to that right now. I love doing life together. I mean, clearly I love people. I love my community, something fierce, and I love celebrating every little moment. I love when I get a phone call from a friend that's like, this little one's potty trained. I'm like, yes! Like, I'll be right over. (laughs) Yeah, that's such a good word on community and also just how you talked about ministry literally starts when you're walking to the coffee shop and you're interacting with the barista. Um, I think we overcomplicate ministry so much and there's a place for strategy and there is a place for making plans and goals. But I think when we step back and we literally just make sure that we know the people's name around us and we're actually getting to know the people that are around us, even being intentional with text messages and DMs or, oh, this person just came to my mind and I'm on a walk. That happened to me a few weeks ago. 
I just thought of a girlfriend and she would not leave my mind. It wasn't just like this passing memory. And I was like, I'm just going to call her. And I'm of the generation that doesn't do that. Like we just text and like, <laughs> we don't just want text. We call Marco Polo, <laughs> Snapchat. I don't even know what I don't have a Snapchat, but I'm like, yeah, oh, what are these things? I'm like, there's so many ways to communicate now that we've lost touch with literally phone calls. Like, girl, I tell you. Yeah. There's so many different touch bases, which are wonderful, but you lose a lot. And so I just called that person right on the spot and the Holy spirit was in that. And he totally knew that I needed to call that person. And so to just take a step back and realize it doesn't have to be so complicated. If you actually are just awake to your life, awake to the people around you. So that is so beautiful. It's so funny when you sit literally just, as you said, like knowing the name, there's so Mm -hmm. much value. Jesus calls people by name. Like Mm -hmm. names are important. Your name is important. Learn about it. (laughs) Yeah. I read, I read a quote a few days ago that said something to the effect of you need to make sure that when you're sharing the love of God with someone that they know that you know their name. Mm, and yeah. obviously there's a certain ex- aspect to that where you can't be legalistic with that, right? Like there's going to yeah. be times when you love on people in at the grocery line at the store um, and other spontaneous things that God brings, but to really pour into people and mm, to take that yeah. And I think if we look at the gospels, like you were saying, when you actually just look through Jesus being with us, you see the value of that so much. Yes, yes, yes. So to start us off, I would love to know what is a fruit of the spirit that you're being most challenged and encouraged by in this season and why? I absolutely love this question because I love the fruit of the spirit. (laughs) And it's so funny because I literally was on the phone with some of my best friends earlier this week. And I actually sent a text to another one of my besties that literally just said, my joy is complete. Mm. <laughs> and it's so funny. I, I hear that. I'm like, my joy is complete. Like joy for the spirit. Okay. Let's go. Let's like walk on this, uh, and walk in this and see what's going on. And I think a lot of times, you know, I grew up in a world, or if you look up the definition of joy, um, in a dictionary, it talks a lot about happiness. It talks a lot about success. It gives you this worldly vision of what is supposed to give you joy. Mm-hmm. And over time, I've had a hard time navigating like that. Like <laughs> I think like literally it's like, oh, when this happens, then I'll have joy. Or if this happens, then I will have joy. But like, that is so wrong. Joy isn't based on your circumstance or your season of life. And I think John 16 starts to like summarize that as Jesus is talking to the disciples about grief, turning to joy, Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm going to actually read some of the scripture uh, as we talk today, just because I think it's beautiful to hear it and then like process it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to everyone listening, I just feel like we're all in one coffee shop, drinking lattes, having a fun conversation. I love it. Um, 
Jesus went on to say, in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me at this. Some of the disciples said to one another, what does he mean by saying in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. And because I'm going to the father, they kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. Jesus saw that they were Uh, that they wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, are you asking one another what I meant when I said in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me very truly. I tell you, you will weep and mourn while this world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. And um, it goes on to say, so with you, Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my father will give whatever you ask in my name until now. uh, You have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. And I'm being super honest with you there. I'm still learning a lot about what it means to ask and receive as a single lady. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but your joy will be complete. And it it quite literally like stops me in my tracks right there. And it makes me think about how I'm constantly wanting to see the goodness or what I think goodness is or what I think this big, beautiful master plan is like right before me. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of like, literally so many conversations I have with friends and their husbands of I'm like, okay, what is Scott doing right now? Like, why is he doing that? And I start to overanalyze and overthink so many things. And I think part of the reason it stops me is because that's so much of me. And I'm such a chatter. If you can't tell that I'm like, overthinker, overanalyzer, let me talk about it. Let's like continue mm-hmm. to talk about it until it can't be talked about anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like literally, and it stops me because Jesus sees the questions. Like he literally stops them. And he's like, I mean, I, I see what you guys want to ask, like, but but he answers it. And I think so often, like, um, Jesus doesn't always respond right away. And right here, he's like, you will grieve. Like this world is going to fail you, but your grief will turn to joy. And I think what we, sometimes like what we desire or what we long for isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like mm-hmm. one of my biggest desires, one of my biggest like longings is to be married mm-hmm. and to be in that season. And that's not a bad thing. Like it, it literally says there's so many places and I see mm-hmm. that and I cheer that on and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I get to go to like 20 some odd weddings a year and you uh, know no kidding. listen to those vows. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when we lose, when I like what I've experienced is when I lose that control and I so mm-hmm. desire that like next step and the control of what happens in the next season, whether it's dating or marriage or wanting seasons that friends are in, he's mm-hmm. saying there's joy found amidst the grief. And I've written on this more than once. And I know you followed along through that, um, that joy and grief can go, can coexist. And I think, um, it's something a lot of people walk through and navigate on their own with the Lord and within their story. But I think it's so evident that in all seasons, there can be joy. 
I'm a big like context person. So I like stop, read scripture. And then I'm like, okay, let me process. It goes on to say, do you now believe Jesus replied a time is coming in fact, where, or in fact has come when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone. My, for my father is with me. And I, this is one of the most beautiful verses I actually ever written down in on a index index card, like right as you walk outside of my house. So like Mm -hmm. I see it as I walk out because I need reminded that everyone's story is different, that we are all scattered, like, and that's intentional and we're each in our own home and there we're not all in the same season. And that's like, so okay. And that's actually what makes it beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I grew up in a world and a lot of us grew up in a world where, we believe a lie of what life should like, like Mm -hmm. you should graduate from high school. You should go to college for four years, graduate with a degree, meet this nice, you know, Prince charming, get married buy the beautiful home, have the babies Mm -hmm. and like do it all over, you know, Mm -hmm. like start raising. And I'm like, my life, if I'm being really honest, has looked absolutely nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But it is still gorgeous and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the Lord is right there with me mm-hmm. in it. And I think that's when we go into what does it look like for God to be with us? And he says it right there. And then of that verse for my father is with me. Mm-hmm. And it, in the beginning of John, clearly I have a favorite book. If you can't tell, we're just <laughs> strong and John. Um, is that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God mm-hmm. and he was with God in the beginning. And so there's so much of God is with mm-hmm. us every moment. And so just like joy and grief can coexist, I believe that the fruit of the spirit work hand in hand. And so, mm-hmm. as you said, like, what's one thing that's encouraging? I'm like, my joy, heck yeah, that is so encouraging, but what's challenging what challenging for me right now is peace. And so with joy and peace going hand in hand, and I feel like so often we miss out, we look forward to the joy, but we miss out on the peace that is that. Mm-hmm. And so I've specifically been challenged in where my peace is, but more importantly, who my peace, mm-hmm. like who is my peace? Is it the Lord plus all these other things? Is right? it the Lord plus me getting the answer I want? Is it the Lord... Yes. Plus the timeline working out exactly like the world says it will. And I think that's, I'm so glad you shared about the timeline because I think all of this of what you're talking about requires this eternal perspective of Mm, knowing that a little while to Jesus is truly Mm. a little while in light of eternity, but it feels like forever to us. Oh girl. <laughs> Can it feel like forever? Yes. <laughs> I love how you said that. Truly. I love that. Ending John 16. And it, we, this is one of the most heard of verses. Can we just like take a stop and look at that? Mm-hmm. But we miss out on the context of it, ha- what's happening beforehand. And I, it says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And it literally stops me. I'm like in me, not in me, Meg, like that is wrong. Nope. Nobody needs that. 
but in this world, you will have trouble, but in me, in God, that there is peace. And the world tells us that going within ourselves, especially right now, is going to bring us all the peace. And for anyone that does a lot of soul searching, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want anybody else going up in there. <laughs> yeah. Nobody needs to walk in that. That's We're not helpful. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people would be confused. <laughs> be like, <"Hey." laughs> Something that has stood out to me about you is seeing how you take this season of singleness that you touched on lightly and you use it joyfully for the kingdom. By loving on your friends' babies, serving your photography clients, taking care of people young and old, serving at your church. So how are you seeing God at work in your singleness? My all-time favorite verse is in John 3. And it is probably one of the strangest to be called your absolute favorite verse. (laughs) But John knows who he is. He has, he knows his purpose. He walks in that. He knows his season of life. He's confident and assured in that. And he says the bridegroom belongs to the bride or the bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and is now complete. He must become greater and I must become less. Mm-hmm. Right here, the bridegroom knows who he is. He knows his role. I've had the honor and privilege of standing right there next to so many of my best friends, as they say I do to incredible men. Like truly, sorry, guys, you guys became my best friends. I know I'm going to force you all to listen to it. So there's your shout out. Um, (laughs) I cry tears of joy every time. Like I literally have to wrap like tissues around my bouquet, trick of the trade, anyone. And yes. I even do it because you can't see it in photos. So coming from a wedding photographer, it's great. Photographer um, approved. <laughs> literally photographer approved <laughs> and experienced. Um, I wrap them around because I come out looking like a ra- raccoon after because I'm just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. Um, and I can't control my excitement, like get it down on the dance floor. But when I hear like the news of a baby mm. on the way. I just like picture some of the most beautiful moments in the last few years of just falling to my knees and just being like busting my knees and getting bruises and being like, but I am just so full of this awe and this wonder and like, what? and it's like, my joy is complete. Like right then in there is like, my joy is complete. Like I can't stop smiling for like three days. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I like have to call them and be like, you're pregnant. Like (laughs) telling them like, you're getting married. Oh my gosh. Your toddler just got potty trained. Woo. Go mom. Um, but doing life together and doing life with each other and walking in seasons, on some of the best and the hardest days, if you're a Ben Rector fan, fan like me, <laughs> I literally am obsessed. And it's like, life is not the mountaintops, but it's the walking in between. And I'm like, can we just like have that everywhere? Because truly just like, trust me, I love big vacays. Everybody knows that if you know me, but I also just love the daily life and just like the simple things. John knows who he is. He walks in that he celebrates the joy of that it is 
and who Jesus is and where Jesus is going. That's like when Jesus is getting baptized and it's like, no, like stop yourselves right there. The glory is the Lord's. It's not ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I'm not like sure if that's necessarily answering it, but it's truly a joy to do life with people and celebrate their seasons of life. And in this season, I have an immense capacity to show up more than I would if I was dating or if I was married or if I had kids. It, it allows me to spontaneously pick up a friend's kids if they need to go have a date night. It allows me to walk a friend's dog. It allows me to have conversations at weird times of the day because my job is decently flexible, except for when I'm photographing. And so it allows me to show up in people's lives. Um, Mm -hmm. In fact, my word for 2021 was show up and Mm -hmm. the Lord showed up a little bit more than I think I did actually a whole lot more, but um, it's been a fun challenge to be like, okay, am I showing up where I need to be present or am I showing up because I have to, or I feel like I have to. So in this like independence driven culture, even within the church, like I feel like living life together is something that is not comfortable. And another thing that you talk about a lot that is uncomfortable in this independence driven culture is waiting and Mm. resting and asking for the help of those in the family of God. So how has God laid rest in relationship on your heart, specifically in the midst of being a business owner and like needing to tackle all the things? Yeah, I, wow. This independence culture, this me focused culture, Mm -hmm. this look what I can do culture, I think has challenged me more than I ever expected. Um, and I loved how you worded this question because it's so true. The world gives us this boss, babe, mm-hmm. independent culture. And even though I am a business owner and I am my boss, I am a boss, babe. <laughs> <laughs> I am independent. I literally go back to the verse that I just said in John three thirty when it, he says he must become greater and I must become less. I think it's quick for us to go, I want the glory, look at what I can do, look at who I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that or that I'm perfect by this at any means. And yes, I have work that I am incredibly proud of. And I have those days where I am like incredibly proud of myself Mm -hmm. and where I've come and how far I've come. And, you know, it's funny, we talk about celebrating seasons of life. I've had friends say like, Meg, you're 26 and you've done this. Like, mm-hmm. Wow. She's mm-hmm. like, all I've done is do this. And like, it's what I want. You know, it's like that trading places. And I'm like, wow. Like mm-hmm. that genuineness of like, this is not about me. My job is not about me. Mm-hmm. It never will be. Um, yeah. It never was meant to be mine. God gifted me creativity and um I'm not necessarily the best business admin. <laughs> We're working on it. He's gifted me the creative mind and the creativity on how I go about things or how I design something or how I photograph something a certain way. And so and that's not to bring me glory and be like, oh look what Oma Snagging can do. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, look how beautiful that bride was. Like mm-hmm. she was captivatingly beautiful. And I think that's one of the fun things. I also love in Acts 2 
42 when it gives a picture of what living life together looks like. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's easier for me to ask for help because we're not meant to do life alone. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very clear in the beginning of the word in Genesis when God created man and he created Adam and then he created Eve and life was never meant to be done alone and being single, I think it's easier for me now to ask for help, for help. Like I call up my dad and I'm like, dad, this needs done. Can you help me with this? Or I call up one of my best friends and I'm like, Hey, can I borrow your husband to hang my closet doors for me this weekend? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, can, can we do this together? It's not natural for me to ask for help, but I've had to humble myself Mm-hmm. lots and lots to be like, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay for one of your friends to come in and to go through all your clothes. You can't do that on your own. Mm-hmm. It's okay for someone to come in and clean your house every once in a while. Shout out to my girl, Kellen. She kills it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I cannot do it alone. But then more importantly, God literally says, and I'm like losing my mind of where it is, but it's like, God sets the lonely in families. And I have been such living proof of that. I get the privilege of walking in on a wedding day when a dad is seeing her daughter for the first time, when a mom is dancing with her son, right after a mom has given birth to a precious new baby. And I get to walk in just days later and snuggle that little one up or walking in when, you know, there's a toddler screaming and everyone's losing their mind and no one, dad does not want his pictures taken. Like there are a lot of moments and a lot of families that I get to walk into their lives and be with them and photograph them in the season that they're in. And I, it's so funny because like, as you talked about, like this waiting and resting, it's so cliche. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I hate it when people say this, like quite literally, they're like, God's timing's great. Like, just trust it. And I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> Don't say that to me. Like, walk away get away. (laughs) I'm like, because truth is like, we don't know. We have no idea. But what we do know and how I have been able to find rest is that God is God. And Meg is not God. A lot of times Meg likes to think that she can try to be bigger than God, but that is not the case. Mm -hmm. And God is God. He is with us. He is for us. He chose us. He sees us and that his plan is far greater than what I could ever possibly imagine, even though I think I am really, really talented at creating those plans. Yeah, I'm so grateful to hear your perspective on life together, because honestly, what I see in a lot of single women, and this is not from a place of condemnation, this is honestly like when you've lived life so long for a set amount of time by yourself, yeah, just bitterness can take root. And this, this idea of having yourself on the throne of your life can really take over. And so I think that's where it becomes key again to know your role. You know, mm-hmm. I if you've ever been in a wedding, you know that it's fun to be on stage. Like it's a blast to be a wedding celebrity. Like it's really fun to be a part of it, but your job is to honor the couple and to make their Mm. experience really great. And I think it's so freeing to think about our place in the church and in the kingdom in this way of saying, it's a blast to be a part of it, but I am not the point. 
your job is to help host the party, but more more importantly, you're the people after the wedding day, after the honeymoon Mm -hmm. day, that you are walking with them and you are going to walk with them for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And you get, you're going to get some hard phone calls and you're going to have some really hard conversations with them. And I think to my married friends, thank you for inviting me into that. Thank you for Mm -hmm. not putting everything on this pedestal of it's this picture. Thank Mm -hmm. you for inviting me into the hard. Thank you for inviting me into the everyday life. Mm -hmm. And thank you for not hiding it from me Mm -hmm. and like allowing me and inviting me to walk in that with you. So, yeah, I think another thing that's really key to think about in this light is if you think about your friendships and the ones that mean the most to you, it's probably from people that ask of you as well. And the people that do call you and are having a hard day or show up like in their PJs to your house, you know? Oh yeah. Doors wide open friends. Come on in. (laughs) Cannot wait. Um, (laughs) But it is so interesting to think about that because that's the first thing that we want to hide especially like as we make friends, like that's the first thing that we want to just like keep to ourselves. And whenever I have a friend like open up to me in that way, it's actually such a gift because it's all part Mm. of God's design. And there's something mysterious to that, you know, but it's his design and we can find freedom when we live into that. I love that. I love that, Emily. It is so hard to know that we are loved with these two tensions of finding our identity in our relationships or in our endless accomplishments in constant busyness that is so just praised and just that so much the norm. So how do you fight these lies with the truth in the word of God? Mm, all these things. I'm like, yep, yep finding identity in this season that you're in and finding it and being like present with being a single woman and being like, this is the season I'm in. That's okay. Um, endless accomplishments. I, I don't love the word accomplishment. I'm like, did I accomplish anything this year? And then I have like <laughs> my assistant be like, she's like, uh, yeah. Should I remind you how many sessions you've had? I'm like, right. <laughs> No, let's not. <laughs> no, don't do that, please. <laughs> like, yeah, but constant busyness. Woo, can I relate to that? I'm like, it is. I understand I can be a hard person to track down at times. And I think it's easy for me in this season. It's fun to show up, but I think it's easy to mask it mm-hmm. with busyness because I don't want to feel the pain. Like, at all. And so what better than to, I live by myself in a house, like what better than to fill it with so many things that you don't have time to sit by yourself and to be present with yourself and to process where you're at. And I think fighting the lie of like being alone, but also like our minds, like I, you know, we talk a lot about love the Lord, your God with all your heart. And we look at the heart a lot and how you're feeling a lot, but we don't look at the mind and the mind is literally the next thing. Like love the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. It's like your mind. And I think, as I said earlier, queen of overanalyzing, overthinking anything. It is so easy for me to go down a rabbit hole and to start this, like, I'm not good enough. 
why would anyone want to pursue me? Who would look at me and call me beautiful? Like, and I start to do these things that I'm literally like, okay, stop. And in Colossians three, it's literally pasted just about anywhere that you can find Meg, because it is a constant reminder. So since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the father, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. And I love that it refers to your heart and mind. Like we could talk about that whole coexisting thing Mm -hmm. again and again and again, and like how it works hand in hand. And it's like, my, my heart can be ready, but my mind cannot be ready or my mind can be ready and my heart can't. And I think when I am believing lies, it starts with my mind, but then it feeds to my heart Mm -hmm. and, or it can go the other way around where it's my heart first. And then it feeds to my mind. And it's like, if I am not looking and longing towards heaven and towards who Jesus is, I'm going to look at myself and like, he must become greater I must become less. Mm -hmm. And so I trust me, I am far from perfect, (laughs) far from it, far from it. Epic failure right here. We're all human, but it's right there in the cross. Like when he's like in that verse, when it references that he died for us, it's like right there in the cross. Like that's so personable. Like he saw us, he saw our brokenness. He saw my past. My past is my past. My brokenness is my brokenness, Mm -hmm. but we are with Jesus. And that goes back to, man, this is all coming full circle. That whole picture of Jesus being with us and our hearts longing for heaven and for his glory and not our own. I think what I love so much about that is when we only think about the heart, it can feel like it's just like susceptible to whatever the wind is blowing that day. And I find so much hope in the fact that I can choose to set my mind on the things above. Yes. And yes. That if my heart is not in it that day, that I can lead my heart that way yes. by choosing that. So thank you so much for sharing that scripture. So when you're in the midst of fighting these lies, how do you hold this tension that we're talking about between the heart and the mind of feeling the feels and straining toward the goal of Christ? I love this because I wrote on this recently. Um, I was memorizing Philippians three last month, but I wrote a post on a few of the verses that made me feel so deeply one night when I was literally casually not wanting to fold my three giant baskets of laundry that, you know, it's funny and ironic that they're sitting next to me again right now. Um, but it was this, uh, not that I have obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own brothers. I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do forgetting what lies ahead lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who mature think this way and it If in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. And I like, there's so many things that like stop Mm -hmm. me there. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, like humble myself. I'm not like perfect. I am far from that. 
And I like so often try to make it my story, my own, my thing. Um, but I have to press on for the Lord. And, and it's, it's literally these questions of like, how often do I try to like make it my own? How often do I try to control something or how often do I want it to be my life story or look at this, look at me, like, look, like how much do I want to be the author? I want to be the author because I want to know what's happening next. I want to know what the next chapter is and when the page turns and what the next sentence is. And I'll be honest, I often look at the end goal as the next season. Mm-hmm. And when this happens or one day, if this, and then this, but shocker, <laughs> the end goal is not marriage. It's not dating. It's not having kids. It's not growing old and sitting on your front porch holding hands. Like the end goal is Jesus. It's heaven. It's the best. It's the only goal that will ever truly be the greatest prize. And so together we get to remember that joy is not based on season or circumstance. It's based on being with Jesus and longing in that. That very sentiment resonates with the single and the married because as someone who's been married for several years and like that growing old together is something that is going to happen for us prayerfully and to even think okay yes I am called to steward these relationships really well but I have to make sure that my eyes are first on Jesus and Mm. to know that that eternity mindset is more than anything, freeing in all of these other relationships and frees us up to just serve every, in, in all those other relationships in a much better capacity. Yes, I love that. So in light of all of these things, what is just one way that you want to challenge listeners when they hop off of their podcast app and they head about their rest of their day, how would you want them to live abundantly? saying one to me is like saying, do you want 10 more? I always like finish a session and I'm like, okay, one more shot. Okay. We walk to five minutes steps later and I'm like, okay, one more, one more, one more, one more. <laughs> Such a challenge girl. You're challenging me today. I would say to be present in the season that you're in, count it all joy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to be easy, whatever season you're in. Uh, I'm still navigating peace in this season for myself be present with the Lord, spend time with him, find community and be with them. Find joy in celebrating the season you're in and celebrating the people around you and where they're at in their life. I love this. Thank you so much, Megan, for sharing. And thanks for having me. Challenging us to show up, to show up to our lives, to show up to the people that are right around us and to show up to the truth in God's word and to show up in prayer. So Megan, would you pray over the women that are listening today? I would absolutely love to. Jesus, thank you so much for today, God. Thank you for this time that we've gotten to spend together, that we have gotten to walk and learn more about who you are and how you celebrate us, that you chose us, that you see us, that you want us and desire us. 
Jesus, thank you for surrounding us with community, with podcasts, with truths around us that can help us navigate and learn how to live lives full of peace and joy. Jesus, we, I just ask that you bless all of these listeners and in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I'm so grateful that you took the time to listen to the Abundantly podcast. My prayer is that you have found encouragement for your day ahead. And if so, subscribe, share on Instagram, and text it to a friend so that more and more women press into all that Christ has for them. You can connect with me more on Instagram at Emily K. Kurt, and I would love to see you there. Now you get to go abiding in Christ and living into your eternity-sized mission. Let the words of Ephesians 3.20 and 21 close us out and commission you on your way. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.